Hello, welcome to PPV Pod. I'm your host, Steve Johnson, and with me today at Stein Elementary is Halima Decree and Erica Rojas. Halima, Erica, how are you guys doing? We're doing very well. I'm doing very well. I can't speak for Erica. I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. Thank you for being here, Steve. Thanks Thanks for having me. You guys were so gracious to always let me come to Stein. Yes. Yes. Anytime you like. Okay, thank you. Then I will. (laughs) All right, see you tomorrow. Okay, Okay, Um, see you tomorrow. uh, Okay, so... um, We are going to talk about defining mastery today. Mm -hmm. And I think, especially for people who may not be super familiar with what defining mastery is, I thought maybe one of you could start us off by providing a definition of what defining mastery is. When I think about what defining mastery is, it's defining what our kids need to understand, what do they need to know, what do they need to learn based off of the standards which they are Um, which they have to understand in order to be successful at the end of the year when we think about cast testing, cast testing, or even when we think about our interim assessments. So ultimately, defining mastery is just really going into a standard and really defining what is that standard asking our kids to do. Mm -hmm. So when I think of defining mastery, that's what I think it is. I agree. Okay. Yeah. I'm, well, how about from what you've learned uh, in the past year or maybe two um, with the UVA principles? Um, anything this year, any aha moments that you've gotten from um, the the conferences you've gone to and the time you've spent with, or even people like Katie Sinceri who've come to our, our, our school sites uh, in our district? Any, um, any knowledge you've gleaned from, from her or from UVA this year? One of the things that for me is that rehearsal piece, like rehearsing my lesson with my team before I actually present it. For me, that was huge because at that moment when I rehearsed my lesson based on what I thought mastery was, mastery was or is, and then having that feedback from my team to tell me in which ways that I can do it better, whether that's my anticipatory set, whether that's an engagement strategy that I'm using, or even if it's in the way that I'm delivering the lesson. So for me, just adding that rehearsal piece before I actually teach my lesson, that has just really been an aha moment for me, just refining just the understanding. I think as a classroom teacher for myself, uh, the importance of the assessments that we give to the students and really looking at not just giving the assessment, but really analyzing the data and the conversations that are happening within our PLCs um, that drive um, more of a refining of the assessments and then figuring out, do we need to change it? Do we need to, you know, how do we refine it? How do we revise this um, CFA or exit ticket or whatever we're doing? But the conversations that we're having have really changed from the beginning of the year to what we're doing now. Um, the conversations have really shifted over. So I think that for me um, has been, I've seen it in this whole year, I've seen a a dramatic change in that. And that's because of Paul Bambrook Santoyo's work and then the work we're doing at the lead schools and also uh, the Atlanta uh, UVA retreat. Mm. That was a a big part of our conversations. So I just wanted to kind of dive into a couple things you both said. So Mm -hmm. for what you said with, the rehearsal portion. Uh, could you kind of go into what that is, maybe what parts, when that falls, like where that falls within kind of the collaboration? Because there's some teachers that might feel like rehearsal. What, what's yeah. rehearsal and how, what, what is that? And how do you even have time to do that? Well, for us, um, 
it comes right after we plan out our DII lesson plan. So once we plan it out and we look at what engagement strategies are we going to use, what is our our CFA or our post assessment, what is that going to look like? And then we think about, okay, what are the engagement strategies and how are we going to deliver this lesson to our students? What is that going to look like? So after we decide all of those nuts and bolts as far as our DII lesson plan, then we're going to give the opportunity to rehearse. Not all of the grade levels rehearse in a full-blown um, lesson. I'm going, to stand in, I'm going to stand in front of my teammates and I'm going to deliver. But just like Erica said, it it promotes different kinds of conversations about what are we doing to intentionally um, close that achievement gap between our kids that are learning and then our kids that are struggling with learning. So having that conversation just around the lesson plan that we created kind of promotes a deeper understanding as teachers that we go into far as filling those gaps for our kids. So for, um, when does that happen? It happens kind of right after we finish that lesson plan, we go right into the conversations that we're gonna have. Is it hard to get it in? Of course, but we just make time for it. Good, yeah. And Erica, you mentioned Paul Bebrick Santoyo. Mm -hmm. uh, could you just uh, kind of go into uh, either the books he's written or the concepts and kind of explain who he is maybe and, and how he's related to UVA? Because I think a lot of people, they hear, Paul Bambrick Santoyo, UVA, Case and Story, they don't really know who these people are, if they're not at a lead school especially. Mm -hmm. This is my first year sort of uh, diving into it a little, and I think Halima knows a little bit more, has had a little bit more experience with like Katie Sincere, because I haven't uh, had the pleasure of being at her trainings, but basically um, we're looking at uh, a person who came, uh, is was really looking at schools that were um, struggling, um, the students were struggling academically, and he has this uh, sort of way of get analyzing data. He had a, like a protocol for analyzing data. Um, and so that's what I'm sort of taking from it. There's a lot more that goes to Paul Brownberg Center, and I'm sure Halima will add to that right now. But um, one of the pieces that we're focusing on in our PLCs is really looking at how you look at data and how our conversations are data-driven based on the assessments that we're given. And he provides a lot of the um, structure for that for us so that we we have a sample and so he has a lot of schools that actually really succeeded and I mean their scores just score they just soared uh, based on just being very intentional about what you know what are we teaching what are we teaching what is the standard that we're going to teach and then how do we teach it and then how are we assessing it and do we have a goal in mind and so he's very specific about that and he goes I mean it's so many he, he goes into the see it name it do it. I know we. She'll probably go into that a little bit more as well. But uh, basically, that's the piece for right now at our, in our PLC. That's where we're at in fifth grade here at Stein. I know that you've done a lot more, Halima, with Katie Sincerik. Like I know DOK and all that. That's. But I know you've done more work with Paul Fabrics I tell you than I, I have. Well, this is my first year as well, okay. and so um, I'll have the opportunity this summer to go and actually be part of his workshop. So I'm very excited about about very excited about that. But through our lead coaches meetings um, and Katie Sinceri, we have the conversations of the protocols that he lists in his book mm -hmm. far as how do we go about leading our team mm -hmm. with data? What are we looking at when we're 
looking at data. We're not just looking at who is successful and who wasn't successful. We're looking at more of that, why weren't they successful? And if they're not successful, then what are these action steps that we need to take? And here are the protocols mm -hmm. to help guide these action steps. So one of the things that I really like about uh, Mr. Bambrick is that he is really intentional about laying out a foundation far as how do we look at the data and how do we continue to drive our instructions our instruction to make sure that our kids are reaching mastery which is which is important so if someone wanted to learn more about paul bambrick santoyo's protocols uh, what would be the first thing you'd tell them to read because he's got a few books out yeah, now he does. which That's one right. it's a, it's a lot. personally yeah. i like the driven by data 2.0 it's a little bit easier to digest in mm -hmm. the sense that the protocols are very specific and um they're they're very straightforward as to what you need to do after i would read paul uh, after i would read the driven by data 2.0 then i would visit uncommon schools where they have a lot of different resources there to help um to help you understand what it is that he, they're asking you to do so they have uh, professional development videos and then they also have resources that you can also use in the classroom to help promote the work that uh, that he's trying to have trying to do in his schools but also that we're trying to adopt here in Panama as well yeah and then looking at the book you mentioned driven by data 2.0 a lot thinner than the first <laughs> driven by yeah. data that's the one that I read and, <laughs> and, and it's and it's a lot it's a lot it's, it's a lot it's, it's a lot of information and I have not read driven by data 2.0 but um looks a lot more manageable it looks like yes. something like a teacher could pick up and and not feel like it's a overwhelming yeah feel overwhelmed because you're it. already overwhelmed with what you have to do right. in your classroom and so i feel like the 2.0 doesn't seem like it's something extra that you have to do mm -hmm. you can kind of go in there you can get the things that you need and then you can get right to work applying those things in right. the classroom right. so that's why i like it because as soon as i seen the first one when monica handed it to me i was like you want me to read all mm -hmm. of this and how fast do you want me to read it right you know so right. this one's just a lot more manageable and it's just just very very intentional about the practices that and I, need to and be I think when you school. think of his um, cycle and it's sort of like an uncommon it's a common theme through what this the, the first one and then the driven by data 2.0 is the assessment analysis action and then the data driven culture like that's the cycle like you it, you know you assess you mm -hmm. analyze you get your action plan and then you develop um, you know your action plan and then you start again and then you revise and re, you know edit everything that you're doing you and know you're you're just constantly revising and making it better and, it's like a cycle uh -huh, and erica and just named where... it the see it name it do it she just explained it mm -hmm. you see exactly what you need to do yeah. you name it as a collective group and then you guys do it and the do it part is what the kids are going to do in class mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah um okay so we've talked about defining mastery we've named what it is essentially what's an important thing is for uh, leaders at school sites to go to these trainings, take it back to their school, build the capacity in their teachers, and do it in a way that fits uh, best with the students at that campus. So, mm -hmm. so I was thinking maybe we could jump into defining mastery the Stein way, basically, because every school has its way of doing it. Right. It needs its own way of doing it. Yes. So maybe you could give us a brief kind of overview of what teachers do to basically, I mean, in a way, it's to build collective teacher efficacy. Mm -hmm. It's doing that. 
um, it's and it's working on just um, collaborating for student success. So, so where do you start? Where do your teams start? I, so as if so in fifth grade, uh, because we are a testing grade, we usually start with really looking at our um, SBAC, uh, te- the test, um, our item specification, and our interim assessments. We sort of look at the ultimate picture and see, okay, what are we uh, focusing on? These are the, This is a big test that the students are going to have to take. Um, what are the most important standards, the priority or the focus standards, however you want to call them? What are they? And uh, so we sort of start by kind of choosing the most, um, the, the, the high leverage standards. And so we start there looking at our end in mind, mm-hmm. sort of. Um, and so that's when we will restart in fifth grade. And I know most of us start that way. I think in, everyone in, in, starts, at that, Stein, way. Yeah, starts that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think in K, when you look at like K2, uh, for, for K2, it might be a little different because obviously they don't have the SBAC, but they can look at their interim assessments. I know in second grade, they were talking about looking at their interim. They were, they look at their interim assessments and in I kinder think they, and first we, they look at their interim assessment too, along with achieve, achieve the, the core. core. Mm. They look at achieve the core and they look at right. what are the supporting standards and what are the priority standards. So they look at that. Once we have identified the focus standard, uh, from there, we start sort of doing what we call depth of instruction or the backwards mapping. And that is when we really deconstruct our standard. Mm. So once we've, uh, chosen the standard or uh, selected it, we deconstruct the standard and we really try to figure out what is it exactly that the students are going to need to know how to do, mm-hmm. understand what skills are needed, and we sort of go through a process from there. And then and, Halima can tell you. And that's where we create our exemplars. We looked at the depth of knowledge and we have this new this new term, CUD or KUD charts that are created at this point for us because misunderstandings and what the kids know, understand, and what they can do is really, really important. But then we also, that's where we're creating our pre and our post mm-hmm. assessments is right in that what is mastery because that's what we are defining after we've looked at our focus standards. So mm-hmm. that's what the first two pieces look like. And then we move into plan for mastery. And that's when we pull out our DII and that's where DII fits in is the I do, we do, the you do, or mm-hmm. the guided, structured, and then independent, independent. practice. Mm-hmm. And so then we really go in and we're looking at um, our appendix B. We're looking at our item specs again. We're looking at DOK again. We're looking at our exemplars to make sure our instruction is lining up with what we say mastery actually is or what does mastery look like. We also look at, uh, at our the DOK level. Um, so we really look at the, the level of, of, well, we look at exactly what the students are going to need to understand, Mm -hmm. but we look at, do we, what, to what point or what depth do we need Mm -hmm. to teach the standard? Mm -hmm. Um, are we taking it to a level one, two, three, or four? Mm -hmm. Do we need to take it that far at the beginning of the year? Do we need to, to, to take it to level one and two, Mm -hmm. and then later on, add it and and make it to, you know, we get to level three or four at the end of the, I mean, how do we want to kind of pace that out? So we really look at the DOK as well in what is, you know, when we're deconstructing the standard, when we are looking at the the depth of instruction or the backwards mapping part, and then it also fits into the plan for mastery. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you're, when we plan for mastery, I think that is where a lot of us spend a lot of our time in because we're really looking at our resources we're looking at what do we have in common. We all sort of come in and try to figure out what is the 
the most the best resource that we can use when teaching this specific standard because we want our first teach to be the best that we can mm-hmm. we can make it yeah. so we spend a lot of time on the what is mastery and then what plan for mastery yeah. we, and we really we're spend also, a lot of time on that. and we're also layering layering in our el support so even after we plan we're going back in and i know fifth grade does a great job with that is looking at what is the el strategies that we're using and how are we using those throughout our lesson mm-hmm. we don't just use them when we pull back for our eld group we're using those el lessons throughout because that's the plan for mastery Mm -hmm. because we don't just want our eo kids to master it we want our eos els and whatever and all our kids to master Mm -hmm. the standard so it's really important that we look at that look at our el supports and also our scaffolds that are going to help all kids to be able to achieve mastery or achieve the expectation that we have set and once we kind of nail that out sometimes that takes a while it might take two PLCs to get it done, you Mm -hmm. know, but one thing that they do do a good job with is working together. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it manageable is working as a team. Because once that's done, then we go into the rehearse part. Okay. We got it all together. And once they get it all together, they're not like doing the same thing lock and step because the engagement strategy I, I might use in my class, Mm -hmm. Erica might use a totally different one. And that's totally okay because my style is different than Erica's. But when we get to this rehearsal piece, maybe the way that I deliver, Erica might be like, you know what? I kind of like that, you know, and now she can do it her way. Mm -hmm. Or I see what she's doing. I'm like, I didn't even think about it that way, even though she told me. But now I got a chance to hear her out or I got a chance to see her. Mm -hmm. And so now I can add I can add something else to what I wanted to do or my plan for my lesson. And one of the things that's important that um I want everyone to understand is that your objectives don't re- your objectives don't change your process steps don't necessarily change the vocabulary academic language those things don't change the only thing that really changes from uh, changes from one teach to the next is our engagement strategies how do we get our kids involved how do we get them excited to do it the heavy lifting has already been done we all know exactly what the state wants us wants the kids to understand now how i do that that's my that's that's my job that's my art in teaching how do i want to deliver it that's my art in teaching and it's going to be different than the way erica does it and that's what we see in our rehearsal piece when we go through I think the that. I think after after we've identified we we figure out what we're going to master and we've chosen our standard our focus standard, we backwards map or look at our depth of instruction and, and really deconstruct it, and then once we've done our planning and we figure out you know our process steps our DII steps I think when we get into the rehearsal um, piece or the rehearse for mastery piece, there has to be and I'm going to say it I know there has to be a level of trust within the group because I know that we. Um, you're kind of being vulnerable. Like you're saying, I don't, you know, you might get to the point where you say, I might not know how to teach, you know, the students how to quote accurately from a text. Or I'm not sure, I, I'm, I, I don't feel strong in this particular time. I, I don't, I'm not sure how to even go about it. And so when you work in a team, that's when the ideas come together and you're able to, if there's trust and, and you're able to have that positive feedback and positive 
you know, atmosphere, mm-hmm. you're able to tell, to help each other and, and to build on each other's ideas, mm-hmm. just like we would with students. Mm-hmm. You know, we want them to build their own ideas with, you know, with themselves. It's the same thing with teachers. Like we want to be able to listen to everyone and then be able to decide, okay, you know, oh, that's a really good idea. I would do it this way. Mm-hmm. Or I, I like this from, from how you would do it, Halima. Mm-hmm. And then Steve, you would do it this way. I really like the way you did this. And so you sort of have that opportunity to um, hone how you're really, think about how really you're gonna be teaching that, how you're gonna teach that standard. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and that looks different in every school site Mm -hmm. and every grade level and every Mm -hmm. PLC. For us in in a a fifth grade, we don't actually go up and like actually rehearse it. It would be nice to do that now that I'm thinking of it. Mm -hmm. But we don't necessarily go up, but we actually talk about our DII uh, steps and then we will um, give examples, like a lot of examples of how we would, okay, so I would, I think I would do so forth like that mm-hmm. um so that's where we go from there and we kind of help each other out with ideas and, and ultimately this rehearse for mastery is for our is a lot of times it's for our new teachers who are new mm-hmm. to our team because they don't have any any background necessarily to pull from mm-hmm. or an experience to pull from like oh okay i did it last year like that that didn't work so it gives them an opportunity to see it almost play out for them mm-hmm. to so now they're also gaining knowledge and they're also learning from our veteran teachers which I know one of our fifth grade teachers actually really really liked the rehearsal piece and really liked that conversation that um, that they have been like Erica said the trusting it's important you know uh, at the end of the day one of the things that we try to do here when it comes to building trust is letting just letting each other know that we're here to support one of the things I always say I don't know everything I don't know everything but I will try to figure it out and find and find an answer or we don't I don't know it let's figure out an answer answer to it because at the end of the day we all need each other in order to be successful it takes us all in order to really move our kids in a direction for success it doesn't take one so I will never come into a PLC or I will never come into their meeting and say I don't like it or I don't want you to do this do it this way because every way everyone's way is different and that's their art I think if I came in there and say oh don't do it like this do it like that I'll give them my suggestions and I'll share the way that I did it but that's their art and I would never want to take someone's art and deface it in a way that um, that would be disrespectful or rude I always want my teachers to know that I'm here a hundred percent to support them I, it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay not to know we're all learning at the end of the day and with that being said I think um, going into the next piece because it mm-hmm. kind of goes into the next piece um, mm-hmm. when we assess for mastery we actually once we've mm-hmm. rehearsed it and we've basically taught our lesson we go into we give the assessment we've, we basically have our protocols. Um, our protocols that we look at our ex- testing expectations we're mm-hmm. all talking about how are we going to give the test what is the environment going to look like for every in every class and then um we basically administer our cfa mm-hmm. and then after we administer our cfa um incomes what now we're looking at the data and we're looking at after we've done it we look at the data we analyze it we we start figuring out okay who under who met the standard who who partially met it and who did not meet it mm-hmm. and then from there we have discussions as to do we see any patterns in the students who partially met it and maybe did not meet it at all mm-hmm. and the students who did well we know that they met our expectations but we're really looking at the students um, who did not meet the standard or that met it and in order to do that and to 
share their data again i'll go back to the trust you need to have that trust because you know, it's kind of you're vulnerable a little to come in and say my kid like you know i just didn't do very well at teaching this particular standard and my kids bomb these tasks like they did not do a very good job and i i feel like i didn't do it very, i didn't do, I do them justice and so you have to kind of have that that trust and that vulnerability a little bit to be able to say that you might you it might have not gone how you wanted it to go and um so those conversations have definitely happened um it's been times where the new teacher our new teacher and my and at my school actually has better scores than even miss leva and mr thomas and i you know what i'm saying so that happens all the time um but there's times where we'll kind of help each other and say okay what went what can we do to, to make this better What on our own teaching? And so that's where we're at in the last phase of um, our defining master, at least for Stein. And then we yeah. go into, like I said, our And sometimes our they just come in and say, okay, we bombed it. What do we need to do? <laughs> and so that's like, oh, I love it. Let's mm. go ahead and let's get to work and let's really figure out what what the issue what the issue is because at the end of the day it's no judgment we're all here for kids we all want them to do better and if we could take them all home we would make sure they're doing their homework we would make sure they're reading we would make sure they're practicing but we can't do that so the only thing we can do is self-reflect on the data and try to fill the gaps as best we can and the only way we can do that is by being vulnerable and by being honest with each other in a professional way mm -hmm. So that piece is uh, where once we've analyzed the data, we have a protocol at Stein of how we look at data, what conversations we're having around mm. our data, and it really helps us to figure out what our next steps are. Mm -hmm. And so how are we going to address a second teach mm. now, and how are we going to um, assure that the, the, rest, the students who did not meet the standard or partially met it, how are we going to ensure that they master it the next time around so because of the conversations that we're having are starting to be more specific mm -hmm. um, it can be something that we're that we're maybe not looking at it right and mm -hmm. now by the second teach yes you're looking at engagement strategies but mm -hmm. sometimes you might have to go back and say well the, the process steps was yeah. do, do I have to go back and revise it because maybe that's what we're missing or maybe it's you know they need to understand we didn't foresee this misconception or gap and we need to go back and update. address it update and, update. It and, ad and address it in our in our second teach yes and we're updating our cut chart consistently we're updating dii steps because this is our first year really creating them mm -hmm. so we have to create them we have to see if they work and we're going to go back and we'll refine them from year to year until we feel like they are perfect um and then once we're looking at our piles, what's interesting is that when we find that our middle kids, there's multiple things that they do wrong. It's multiple things that they don't understand. So instead of having three groups, we might have six mm -hmm. just because of the, mis uh, the misconceptions. And sometimes it's not always procedural. Mm -hmm. It could be conceptual. And that's what we're seeing a lot of is conceptual misunderstandings. They just do not understand the whole the the bigger picture of what is being asked of them mm -hmm. so like this is you could call this like the work i mean yeah. that's what it is it's like it's work it it's is a lot of it's and it's mm -hmm. um a lot of just like cognitive demand you know yes. outside of teaching yes and it's a lot of collaboration skills and just working with the team mm -hmm. um what would you say to someone who's listening to this and maybe this is like one of the best explanations they've gotten of of the cycle to date and they're kind of thinking to themselves wow that's a lot like what, what would be your response to that it is a lot it is, <laughs> it is a lot i would say go find lot. someone um 
of your tribe who likes mm-hmm. this type of work that you can have these conversations mm-hmm. with. Because ultimately, that's kind of what um, what happened. Even listening to you, looking at the things that you've created, Steve, got Erica and I talking. Mm-hmm. And we talked for probably a month, just meeting in the morning, just talking about this idea of what is mastery reading the books and coming back and talking about it some more in the car like oh my goodness erica i just had this aha moment you know and so it's a lot of that it's just a lot of conversation around the work that has to be done and then once we kind of really started talking about the work it really just started to all the pieces just really started to fall in place because i think like you like to say, we had that bird's eye view, but then once we really looked at how would it look in class, as a classroom teacher, where does that fit in? I think that's really when it started to develop and we started to really get the traction under us. And so for me, I would tell any teacher who wants to do the work, look at your class. Look at how how would you start with your first teach with your kids? How would you take them through that? And when you think about taking them through that work, that's what we just that's what we've done and just being intentional about how you do that and um and the resources that you use that's Mm -hmm. ultimately i believe what we what we did i think there are teachers that probably think it's a lot and they probably don't they're already doing pieces of this Mm -hmm. defining mastery piece like i think a lot of uh uh, teachers already give exit tickets and maybe already give cfas and uh you know maybe uh they already know what their standard they already do construction they already do so Mm -hmm. pieces of this have probably already been done it's just we try to put it in a in a way where it's a little more it flows a little more Mm -hmm. and it works in our plc for our plc Mm -hmm. and like you said earlier steve every school is different every school has a different need their cycle you know they might do uh you know the 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 planning and then the the you know the backwards not being together at the same i mean the how the cycle flows um, might change you know a little by school and the need is different but i think a lot of teachers i think that's one of the things i would say is you probably are already doing some of this stuff you just don't know that it's in a a small piece to a to a bigger puzzle or Mm -hmm. to a a cycle Mm -hmm. that that you've that that we've kind of put together for us at at stein I know that we're going to have, this is kind of like a, a commercial for PBVU, yeah. but I know we're going to have our PBVU mm-hmm. defining uh, mastery class uh, 101. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really looking forward to that because that, I mean, we just, just defined the Stein way, right? But, you know, in that class, you're going to be able to see sort of the most skeleton, like a skeleton of the cycle. And then may, somebody can take that class. If you really want to know more about it, take it you know, look at the, the most, uh, most simplistic cycle and then maybe go back to your PLCs and look at how you can make it your own or mm-hmm. your school. Mm-hmm. And so that'll be a resource for the person that maybe says that's a lot. I don't know how to take that. It's hard to, to do it in a PBVU allegory mm-hmm. uh, or in a podcast, 30 mm-hmm. minute, 30 minute podcast. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, but that class that we that PBVU is going to be providing, I think that is going to be essential in, in, you know, getting new teachers, veteran teachers, anyone, coaches, anybody that take it, that want to learn more about it, it's going to be valuable. And I was, and I, one of my suggestions doesn't have to be, is bring your whole team so that you oh, guys yeah. can have those conversations right then and there. Um, I think it'll be really beneficial if you have your, your team there so you guys can just have those conversations yeah. as your ideas start to flow based on what you guys are already doing and what you've already implemented. Teamwork is the dream 
teamwork, right? Yep, that's, that's my what they say. Teamwork is a dream work. It's a, it's yep. easier to it's so much easier to work together in a group and to tackle it together than to just do it on your own. Mm-hmm. If that's the only yep. option, hey, more power to you. But in some cases, if you can take your team. If you if it's just you that want to know more, I think it will be it'll benefit anyone that wants to mm-hmm. go teams, you know, academic individuals, coaches, individuals, yeah. yeah, anybody who wants to go it will definitely benefit from the class. Yeah, I'd also um, recommend PLC one hundred and one and PLC two hundred and one. Yes, and then obviously the Stefani Mastery one hundred and one that's coming up. Miss Hicks, please Sorry. call the office. This, you know, I love it when that happens <laughs> because people, when they listen, they know. Okay, they're out of school. Yes, they are out of school. This site. is like the real deal. No. Um, but I was going to say, uh, I did a, a episode with uh, Dr. Tony Altermakian and then oh, also Brie yes. Gage, yes. so I can so link that in the show notes, which would, I think yes. would be a good companion episode to listen to along with this one. Oh yes, um, yes. 100%. So that'd be a good they double whammy of. Great. Uh, PPV yeah, pod yes. episodes. Bree and Tony do a very good job, and they yeah. talk a lot about trust as well. Yeah. I mean, that's the the foundation really right. to great PLC work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that would be phenomenal. Yeah. I, I like yes. Bree and Tony. They, yeah. they're funny. I do. Yeah. They're they're pretty awesome. <laughs> they are. Um, okay, so to finish up, I just wanted to ask both of you if there are any books, films, podcasts, whatever. Uh, like videos online that you would recommend to educators, especially now that we've got summer coming up, people will have yeah. time to dive into some of these things and maybe do some reading that they, they can't do during the year. Yeah. So uh, any ideas? Well, I have one book that I just started and I really, really like. It's called The Influencer, The New Science of Leading Change. And it's by Joseph Grinney, Carrie Patterson, David Maxfield, Ron McMillan, and Al Switzler. It's about, um, it's really about looking at what you want to change and being intentional about making those changes and how do you as a leader influence that and what strategies are you doing and how often are you looking at what you want to change? It doesn't have to be um, necessarily necessarily the student work it could be just the way that my students walk in class maybe Mm -hmm. it's the way that my students respond to each other Um, maybe they're a little bit disrespectful so maybe I want to change that type of culture in my class well how do I influence that how do I influence a change and and it's all about data it's about looking at what's going on recording what's going on and then intentionally influencing that behavior and changing those things so I've been really enjoying that which was also um, a suggestion a suggestion when we went to our UVA retreat this past month cool that sounds great I'll check that out I also the driven by data 2.0 Paul Bamberg Santoyo he just came out with it I think a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. Um, hot off the press hot off the press Uh, Amazon (laughs) Uh, we uh, that is a great book we just started to kind of delve into it we're kind of picking and poke it takes a while to kind of get through it with all the end of the year stuff Mm -hmm. it is it's difficult but that book for sure and then I have been also reading uh, Common Core Standards in Diverse Classrooms by Jeff Swartz. That's mm-hmm. a great book, mm-hmm. especially because of where I work and because of the students that I serve. Mm-hmm. Um, it has really helped, you know, look, it helps me look at the standards, but in a way where I can meet the needs of my students. And he gives such amazing strategies for the classroom. 
Um, so I would really recommend that book for sure. Um, it's, it's a wonderful book. And I love Jeff's Wars, so anything Jeff's Wars is going to be good for me. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, Diane Taylor, the acumen coach at Actus, mm-hmm. she borrowed that book for me yes. uh, to build her integrated ELD 101 session. Right. And she gave it back to me, and it had all of it. was, like, yes. just tagged up with I all mean, that's these right. that, so I, like, yeah. So that <laughs> class especially was created with that book in mind. If yeah. anyone checks it out and likes it, I uh, think that would be a good PPV class to check out. I totally so. agree. I think the first, I'm not going to lie, the first chapter that yeah. we read, the very first chapter that we read, or that I read, um, and then I, w- I actually read it with one of my coworkers here, one of my uh, colleagues, it, I mean, we were just talking about it for even this just the first chapter, the first page. You're already going to start talking about um, how wonderful it is and how beneficial it's going to be for you to, to read it. So I would rec- definitely recommend that book. All right. Well, it has been a pleasure to talk to both of you. Thank you for coming. It's been a pleasure. Really just working with you this year. I think this is my first year really getting an opportunity to really meet you. So yeah, it's yeah. Been it's been great. So yes. thank you so much. Anytime. <laughs>